Action Park Media. This is a really fun one. When I first started following Alana on social media, I didn't really understand fully what she meant about kind of designing your own universe and reality, what it meant to kind of be a soul that is entering or doing a walk-in. There were so many questions around it. And she demystified all of that for me, gave me some amazing tips on how to kind of retrain a few of my subconscious traits that just do me a disservice. It's Really a delicious episode. You're going to love it. So this is Pretty Depressed with Alana. Okay, so I'm with the amazing Alana. Now, when I came across Alana's Instagram, I was so excited because she's so positive and delightful and has a really curious story. So Alana, welcome. Oh, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, The first place I want to start is what it means to come in midstream because I've been watching some of your stories and... I don't quite understand it, but I'm fully open here to understand. So yeah, could you break that down for us? Because I'm sure there are some people listening who feel the same way, who may not even be able to describe it. Totally. So this is actually um, what's known in the spiritual community as like a walk-in soul. Um, I didn't know this until well after I had my experience. I didn't know that there was a name for it. Okay. Um, But pretty much, you know, most people come to earth, they're like born as a baby, they grow up, they have like the whole life and that's who they are today. But I actually came in midstream because the soul that was kind of inhabiting my experience before me um, died in a motorcycle accident. Nobody could really like classify it as death because, you know, in the medical community, if somebody comes out of the coma and they continue living, nobody died. But I don't have like a point of reference to those memories or to that soul identity And over time, I've been able to cultivate an awareness of the relationship of a walk-in. And there's actually really many people who are coming in at this time and choosing to start the life adventure in this way. Wow. That's okay. So that that clarifies it for me. (laughs) So uh, let me repeat it back to you and make sure I'm on the same page. So uh, your physical body was in an accident put in a coma, your soul, as many people have described as have had near-death experiences, left the body and your soul has entered. So whilst the physical form has been consistent, the soul element is new and fresh. Is that correct? You got it. And it's so funny because like, you'd never think that you could just ask people casually in your life, like, hey, what would you think if I shared with you that I think I'm a new person, but actually my parents, my close friends, like everybody's like, on the same page and affirm that they are noticed, they have absolutely noticed um, the difference between those two individuals. But mind you, this has been 15 years now. So I'm a 15 year old here on earth. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, does it come up? Is it complicated? Are people on board? And do you experience a bit of pushback? Or And I, and I know that you're probably one of the few people who does share this online. Um, and has made a a whole community of people feel more comfortable. Absolutely. I mean, it does come up uh, at times, but not ever for the detriment. I feel like it usually comes up because 
a lot of people feel that I have a very kind of alien quality about me, mostly because I don't understand a lot of earth paradigms, you know, conventionalities or behaviors or beliefs. Uh, it took me a long time to really make a relationship with childhood trauma in particular, because I didn't have a point of access in my own story but it was such a critical component to my work to understand the role of the childhood traumas in people's current day-to-day -day mm -hmm. as creators of their reality. And so it's been a large focus for me to really like put my awareness on a place that I don't have direct access to, you know? Yeah, that is interesting. What, when you say the work that you do uh, for anyone who doesn't follow you, what does that mean? So I do what I call energy diagnostics, which is because I believe that we are full creators of our reality and we can absolutely manipulate our experience in real time. But oftentimes people have distortions that are beliefs that are directing and limiting their perspective of what's possible in the earth experience. And can you, can, can you give me an example of that? Just because like... I'm fascinated by it. But yeah, what is a real time, uh, not with mentioning names, but what would be a real time example of someone who's perhaps doing a behavior that's hindering the progress in their journey? So I like to display reality as like a conversation, right? So our subconscious is kind of creating the game, right? We're the, we're the creator of the game on the subconscious. And so we say, I'd love to have a great relationship. I'd love to have a great partnership. But then on the undertone, if the subconscious also says, I'm not worthy of being treated anything but, you know, worthless, or I have to sacrifice in order to really receive love, or it could be, um, you know, I'm responsible for all of their happiness, right? Hmm. If that is the subconscious belief, then the mirror of the other person or of the experience will realize that belief with us because that is what our subconscious is choosing their adventure to be mm. subconsciously okay. and, how, and how so you work with people to try and rewire that or yeah it, it, it starts with coming into a discovery of it you know so oftentimes when you start doing this and you've been doing this long enough, you can hear that people's words are truth telling on their subconscious all the time. And so people are walking around truth telling about their subconscious beliefs and they can't hear themselves because they've been inside of that experience their whole life. And so I like to ask questions to invite them to look at those places in order to kind of find the origin or the root of those beliefs. And so we can illuminate where it came from and why and direct a new belief to be seated there so that they can have an experience that's free from the struggle of it, but now amplified by the clearing of it. I'm grinning because I have, I believe, as you're saying that, I'm trying to think, what am I? And you said this word sacrifice. Like I'm following a dream, following a goal, but part of me believes that it's, you know, it's hard, it's tough, it's competitive. Like you have to work hard, you have to sacrifice everything. And so that's my narrative about it. And then I'm like in a season of life where I'm not gaining the results and then there's all this blame attached to it. Would that be an example of that? Verbatim, you just described exactly how it realizes. So if your subconscious is speaking to reality to say hard work equals, you know, results, like sacrifice equals success, right? Mm -hmm. The game 
the reality is going to respond and create that complexity and create those challenges and create those hurdles because it's playing with you. It's playing with that subconscious. I don't want that though. So, okay. So what is that? (laughs) God damn it. Of course not. (laughs) Okay. So how do I, if you don't mind, like, and sorry, I know I'm not paying for your services right now, but just out of curiosity, like what does that next step look like? Well, let's just say that 99% of the time, there is one root origin of a belief like that. So let's just do a little, let's just do a little scenario. Who's somebody that you've witnessed in that behavior before? Who also hard work equals Mm -hmm. my parents. Yeah. Both of them or one more than the other? Uh, No, different, but the same, very much the same. Yeah. And did they kind of imply or put you into that kind of belief like through high school or that type of thing? Yeah. If you're going to do something, you got to do it at 110%. Um, A lot of perfectionism. And I say this with nothing but love and delight like that kind of the environment is we're a hardworking family. We are driven like, and we hang our hat on it. Like I love it when people are like, oh my gosh, she works so hard. I'm like, I know. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So this is really beautiful because the hard work seems like um, a part of the identity of like the pride, right? The the, yes. the ego, which is great because it's it is you know a beautiful thing to be proud of one's work, but we get stuck in the pattern where we may have different beliefs about our value without that sacrifice, right? And so it's important to start to unwrap what that belief was, what their intent of your parents was when they were offering that, what pattern that they might have been repeating. Oftentimes, it can be after a great loss in the family. It can be an ancestral experience where the ancestors struggled or family was in poverty for a long time. Um, We can, I oftentimes use a family constellation style to identify an individual in the family line that's doing it. But the good news is it's not something that you have to escape if it's something in your ancestry, it's just something that you opt out of, right? Right. And you can opt out by designing a belief and a behavior that you would like to onboard and live inside instead. For example, spirituality invites you to have more of a co-creative participation with your higher self and with your reality, which is like what manifesting is all about, right? But manifesting will be built on top of your subconscious beliefs unless you look for the subconscious beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point putting a bandaid on it if you've still got the undercurrent, right? Well, I don't want to discourage anybody from trying because <laughs> please, please manifest. That is like a, the, a great thing that we have to have because it's people being in the sovereignty and like the autonomy to say like, I can, you know, transcend society's um, constraints, you know? So I'm not discouraging that in any way, but I'm also saying start to activate yourself as listening to your experience to get some feedback about the subconscious. So I would like to ask, are you experiencing uh, some frustration about where you're at uh, in regards to your efforts? Definitely. I think it's, um, 
Yeah. And as sort of a perfectionist, people pleaser, hard worker, I just kind of like dig in even further and get to the point of burnout. And then, you know, so it's just the, it's a cycle and it's a cycle that's been pretty consistent through my whole journey. Um, Cause I do get great results and I'll push, push, push. But I think I, I spoke to a spiritual um coach a few weeks ago and she was like, Kim, why are you so obsessed with trying to push through closed doors? It's like, there's a challenge and I kind of, my ego is like, I won't take no for an answer and I keep pushing, but then it's sort of sadistic traits because I'm not, you know, perhaps the things that are for me are trying to come in, but I'm too in my masculine energy of pushing that I'm not in receiving, really struggle to kind of step back because of all those societal things, like I've got to pay rent, I've got, you know, like it's, it's a hard tidal shift for me to kind of relax into it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> Trust, I, I guess. Yeah. You just described a whole stack of things that are built on top of it. Like the belief about our rent, the belief about where support yeah. will come from, the belief about providing for ourselves, the belief of societal understandings of success. Like those are all stacked on top of this perfectionism kind of base layer. So I just wanted to ask, what's the first time that you can recall that feeling of failure? Um, it's funny. The first thing that kind of came to mind was um, just memories from my childhood of being like left a lot, a lot of abandonment by a adult figure in my life. So I think that is where a lot of my core beliefs of not worthy, like I've got to do it all myself. Like I do believe that's probably where a lot of that stacks up on. Amazing. Because you're also indicating that the love that you wanted to receive in that moment abandoned you, right? So there is that feeling of another abandoning you. And so in a way, you're also kind of doing another layer of abandonment where you're saying, I'm going to overflow myself with all these things that I am not, mm-hmm. but I won't be making a relationship with my true self, which is trusting self, which is easeful self, which is loving myself enough to give myself room to breathe, allow myself to soar into success without burnout. Like, So in a way, you're also abandoning your true self because your true self is adopting this false narrative in order to feel a pseudo love as opposed to showing up for yourself in love. Am I on common? Is is this common? Oh, this is common. This is common. This is, we all have these kind of, energy prisons that we've kind of built around ourselves. And it's really difficult to see past it as it's been the construct of our reality for pretty much our whole life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you just adopt the behavior from our parents. We adopt our behavior from one traumatic event or something that we witness as a fear of society. And then it becomes us, or it becomes the illusion of how we know ourselves And so it's about peeling those layers away so that we can find our true self that has a different way that they want to be in their reality. So I'd love to inquire if, if you had the magic wand to give yourself the life that you really want, what would it be? 
I love what I do so much. Like as a career, I am an actor. Like I, I love performing so much. It's, it's, I feel like I'm in a state of flow. My anxiety, my depression runs away. Like it's this feeling of being present that I have yet to be able to emulate in my life elsewhere. You know, I'm full of kind of forward catastrophizing or depressive. You know, I'm a very happy person, but my brain is always kind of, and I, I do struggle to relax or be at ease. There's a lot of guilt that comes with that because mm-hmm. of my pursuits. So I think if I could wave a magic wand, it would be to be able to have more grace for myself without judgment. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that trust that I think I'm I'm realizing in this conversation and a few others preceding this, that I, I do struggle with self-care as it is presented to us in a society, which is a bath or whatever, like those moments alone are quite panic inducing for me. Um, Yeah. 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 Understandably so, because if that program is believing, if I take something away from here and I give it to myself over here, then I won't have that other thing. Right. So it's a very transactional kind of idea. But the irony is you are taking away from yourself when you're not doing the self-care. So the thing that you're afraid of, you're actually enacting. Creating, yeah. Because when you do the self-care and you allow yourself to be further in the, I trust this time I'm going to take is critical for my heart, for my body, for my energy, for my health. And you give yourself that love directly, the love reward And the trust that you're now emanating in your action is what materializes a different reality. Great. Love it. Done. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) isn't that so funny? It's like, yeah, it's so, thank you. I really appreciate that. So it's so helpful to hear it from somebody else. I find those conversations quite hard to have without a sound board or dialogue. This is this thing I call the resonant effect, okay? It's like if you are an instrument in the middle of outer space and there's nothing for you to hit upon the sound, it will never be heard, right? So that's why we do this together. And and it's so beautiful to assist others in illuminating things within themselves because it it's that's the whole purpose of all of these different points of view and reality is we're all bringing each other back to wholeness because we hold a different ray of light in a place of shadow, you know? That's so beautiful. I love that. Out out of curiosity, for someone who doesn't have memory of childhood trauma, perhaps, or hasn't brought any of that into your journey, How's your subconscious doing? Like, do you still? Yeah, like, I'm so curious of what that looks like for you. Well, I have a weird relationship with the awareness of karma. I feel because I don't have a particular pool that's as big as uh, some to reference in this lifetime. When I start to unpack my own behaviors or beliefs, it actually can come without context which can make it even more difficult to witness what that is. So what I have to do for myself is kind of in an opposite way, which is, okay, if I was in limitation, if I was without fear, if I was co-creating, trusting and faithful in my 
relationship with the true nature of reality, what would my actions actually be? And so I have to do like a real time assessment for me to be behaving in my beliefs because I don't necessarily have something to draw attention to the wrong belief. But it's still possible. Yeah, yeah. It's just you got such so much hot. <laughs> well, I mean, without the different, yeah, different, different, just different. different. Yeah. Interesting. Um, out of curiosity, how many how many people have reached out that are in a similar vibe, and and is their story similar to yours that they've come in midstream or whatever because of a an accident, or is that usually how a soul would pass? Um, I mean, there's a couple of things to it. There's a very common um, experience for near-death uh, experience people because you kind of pop out of the game and you see behind the curtains enough to know that one of the most life-directing fears, which is death, mm. relates differently to you overall, Right. And so if you can have a point of reference where you don't have the same fear of death as most people who haven't died or near died, then you can kind of design everything differently because, well, well, what do you have to lose, right? Mm -hmm. So there's definitely that thread that's common. Um, some other walk-ins say that they just come in and have all these otherworldly um, memories online right away. For me, it wasn't like that at all. I had very much of like an empty avatar kind of experience where I was like, okay, I'm just learning this reality and like, I don't really have any self-awareness. And then I had like several very powerful events that just clicked me back into my more infinite awareness. Um, but it still took effort, you know, it still took, um, some journeys with yoga and other traditional practices and like ancient teachings and those types of things. And then once I kind of got far enough, it was just a snowball. Uh, and did you just fall into this kind of work because of your own, uh, journey or was someone kind of being like, you need to talk to others. Like you've got something <laughs> like, you know, I guess you feel, <sighs> special and, you know, uh, unique in a way, perhaps of having a different experience that allows you to do this work with others. Like, did you fall into it? Or? Well, it was really interesting because when I fully understood my experience, I was living in New York city and I had an art career and I had another, um, I was self-employed doing uh, tech advising for these really prosperous individuals in New York. So I was living like the power life at the time. And, um, I had the full kind of remembrance and all of a sudden my life didn't really make any sense at all. So I moved to the forest where I lived by myself for about six years. And I was like reactivating all these really cool, special abilities that we can all like have that nature tries to give us. So like the elements, the trees, the animals, the mycelium, like they all have these beautiful gifts of the earth creation experience. Like they can teach us pretty much how to play this game just in the way that they express themselves um, and their nature, right? So I did that for a bunch of time and I was meditating and I was, you know, trying to merge with the universe 
And I fell in non-duality for a long time. So I had a very no self experience um, where there was just no Alana. It was just kind of more of a blurred, like being just going through experience and observation. And then I had this really powerful experience where the universe like kind of winked at me and was like, why are you trying to be me when I'm trying to be a you? And that was like this huge, huge, huge breakthrough for me because I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm an individual right now. I'm not a divine vibration. I mean, I'm a divine vibration as an individual, but I'm here having a no self experience. And so that's when I flipped the script and decided to come back into society to really engage in what we're all up to and fall in love with all these hearts who are falling in love with themselves and serve, which is obviously like my highest joy. So that's really cool. I'm so, I have so many questions about being alone for six years in the forest. <laughs> Can I ask what was the most challenging part of it? Um, after being in New York, it's a very different experience. I know. Is there I, some resistance to it or were you all in from kind of the get-go? I went on an initiation driving from New York to Oregon where I lived. Um, it was, I had this camper trailer and I faced all of these. It was like the Iliad, like tornadoes and ice storms and like all these really weird things. And I accidentally stumbled on some um, different uh ceremonies that I ended up doing. And it was, it was really long initiation. And so when I got there, I feel like I just landed into this utopia in a way, because it was so beautiful. It was so clean. The vibration was like so high. So like, and I didn't really have a fear experience whatsoever because I was like, well, if I'm going to die, I'll just die, you know, like, um, which I know sounds hard to fathom, but you can get to that fearlessness. It's fully possible when you have that deep, deep direct relationship with yourself as a creator. Mm. Cool. That's yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah I'm a, friend, a friend of mine is doing a lot of research into kind of like fertility and menstrual cycles and things. And a mm -hmm. lot of part of her journey is through nature as well. Um, do you struggle now being more uh, injected in society and stuff, uh, having come from what seems like such a natural environment to now being here? Do you have some struggles with that? There are times that I kind of accidentally tune in to a collective vibration and I'll be doing behaviors that are very unlike myself. And I didn't realize how easy it was to do that. It's like you start watching uh, a certain kind of ritual, like working hard, or you like witness a certain ritual of like needing nice things or you want like, and you just you might accidentally fall into that program and then need to like reunite with what your true heart is. But I trust so much in listening to my reality to give me the clue when I'm kind of falling off of my heart's path. Mm -hmm. So um, that has always been kind of like my guide it has always been just trusting my heart and like any difficulty just is in service to my experience. I mean, I've had 
everything from like life-threatening experiences to being broke to like anything that we fear, I feel like I've experienced. And it's only like gifted that magnificence that it was designed to, to help you trust more, to help you live more, to help you feel more, to help you love more, you know, like that's what they're all designed to do. But most people, you know, have a, a victim relationship to it as opposed to an activated, aware, um, creator experience of it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Cause the victim that it's happening to me rather than for me or whatever yeah. I'm control is a much easier thing. Hey, I've taken up more of your time than I intended to, because oh, I was no, so we're doing great. Um, thank you so much for this chat. If people want to find, uh, find you or get kind of plugged in with some of the work you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, I have this really cool membership called the Mirror Dimension. Um, It's at mirror-dimension.com. And it's like so low priced. It's a really incredible, beautiful place for hearts to come and witness each other's evolution so that they can, you know, have real-time activations and the ability to diagnose their energy and their subconscious beliefs. And also people who really want to like snap their fingers and see like the big massive shift can find me on my website, which is Akiata, A-K-I-A-T-A.org. And I have pretty much any kind of wild offering um, from deep dives over the weekend to working together for six months. So yeah, I'm really like here to serve. So it's my highest joy to clear the clamor out of somebody's way so that they can just play in the game of life. That's so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for you. And thank you for this beautiful podcast, just caring for all these individuals like yourself. So thank you so much. 